Welcome to Consumed, the podcast that stokes conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers. I'm Jamie Lewis, and this 18th season, I speak with folks across California, from Santa Barbara to the Bay Area, covering subjects as varied as lab-grown meat and artificial intelligence, food writing and pizza, hot vegan takeout, Santa Rita Hills Pinot Noir, carbon steel skillets, closing the loop on food systems, happy meals, charcuterie, agritourism, and much more. I hope you get to hear all of it. Thanks for listening. Before we jump in, I want to share a few words about our sponsors. Casa du Metz is a boutique winery in Los Alamos celebrating its 12th year in this historic one-horse town. Their attention and motivation is captured by creating aromatic fresh wines that defy expectation. With three brands, Casa du Metz, Clementine Carter, and The Feminist Party, their goal is to highlight the beauty and bounty of Santa Barbara wine country. They have a particular sweet spot for Rhone variety wines sourced from Cool Climate Vineyard Partners in the Santa Rita Hills. Join them for their popular weekly speaker series, monthly wine club vineyard tours, Malibu sessions, and a unique tasting experience where you choose your own wine adventure. Join the discovery with Casa du Metz and their sister business, Babby's Beer Emporium, next door to explore quirky craft beers and bubbles while enjoying dumplings and spicy wings from Dim Sama. 2023 marks their 19th vintage, and they want to celebrate with you. Visit casadumetz.com. For more information. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers Cargo Storage Containers and Refrigerated Shipping Containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root cellars. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a mid-state container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. Think about the cookware you use most, and I can almost guarantee that your skillet is at the top of the list. It's one of those workhorse tools that's just so totally necessary. Maybe your skillet is nonstick or cast iron, or if you're lucky, maybe it's carbon steel. And if you're extremely lucky, maybe it's a carbon steel pan made by Dennis Kehoe. Dennis and his wife Casey own Kehoe Carbon Cookware, based out of their home in Los Osos. I first discovered his work on Instagram where I completely fell for the beauty and durability of the pans Dennis makes. 
As I learned more about them, I discovered that his wife, Casey, is also a metalhead. Sorry, I had to use that term. Because she's a pipe fitter welder. Together, they've developed a brand of heirloom quality cookware. And here, they explain how that all happened. I got a little emotional at the end when they described their last meal. It's beautiful. Okay, here are Dennis and Casey Kehoe. I was telling Dennis when he just walked in that my dad's name is Dennis, and I can't think of many Dennises I've met um, anytime recently. And so, and then you said that you're Dennis Jr. Yeah, yeah, my dad's name is Dennis too. And where is he? He lives in San Diego. Is that where you grew up? That is where I grew up. Okay. You have a San Diego vibe about you, I think. Do you surf? Or? I do. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Ocean is big. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for and Los Osos is such a good spot to wind up if you love the ocean. Oh my gosh, feel so blessed. Yeah, yeah. It's I the more the more I explore around here. I mean, I grew up here, but I still there's so much I haven't seen and Los Osos and Baywood have become like I don't know, deep in my heart. I just think it's so special up there. Mm-hmm. And you guys have made a real life for yourselves out there with, um, I mean, not just raising a family, but creating this business of, um, I don't even know, what do you call what you do? Metallurgy or, or like welding um, or? <laughs> I'm an artist blacksmith. And then okay. you could also throw in metal fabricator. Yeah. So cutting, welding. Um, and have done a lot of different types of metalwork from bronze casting, sculpture, um, sculpture mm, mm-hmm. to metal fabrication, you know, just real clean, simple lines, railings, mm-hmm. um, gates. make your really? own tools. Yeah, so that's where the blacksmithing yeah. started with uh, the tool making. But um, yeah, I think artist blacksmith, mm-hmm. metal fabricator, yeah. kind of covers it. Um that's how I found out about you is online. I think it must have been on Instagram or something. Oh, no, you know what? I was doing a job. I'm a copywriter, and I was doing a job for, was it SlowCal or someone that wanted me to write a little bit about your business, which is hilarious because I'd never met you before. But such is the life of a copywriter. Like, I can't get out to everybody. <laughs> but um, I had to research you a bit online, and you first of all your website's great um gives all the information but yeah i was just really struck by the craftsmanship that you obviously have but also your story do i remember right that you both come from a welding background or you do maybe casey yeah okay so tell me a little bit about that when what was your first piece that you ever made (laughs) Um, or welded some scrap that my father had in his shop and i stuck them together best I could. What were you trying to make? Just trying to learn to weld. Okay. Yeah. Not actually making anything. Yeah. I'm not the artist at all. I'm definitely um, more structural, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I welded for a good amount of time before we started this business. Mm. Um, my father taught me, which was really cool, and then quickly outlearned what he could teach. And so he sent me across the street to a fabrication shop. Oh, cool. You had one of those just across the street? Well, my father owned and ran a Saab mechanic shop. Oh. And then so I'd be in there working with him Yeah. and asked him to teach me how to use his welder one day. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with it. That's so cool that he had a Saab mechanic. I mean, that's a cool <laughs> car. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I 
really don't see them anymore. When I see one now, I'm like, oh, wow. Do you, I don't know, did you grow up like 80s, early 90s when, mm-hmm. man, those little cars were so cute. They were pretty mm-hmm. popular then. Yeah. yeah. Do they not make them anymore? I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't kept up with it. Yeah. But I got to have one myself and it was a fun Aww. car for a Aww. first car. Yeah. Totally. Really I do good. think that maybe after a while they stopped. I think so. Stopped running. success. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Marin County. Oh, okay. In San Zomo. Yeah. And did you have anything to do with Cal Poly? I mean, why did you wind up here? Um, both my older siblings went to Cal Poly. So I would come when I was in high school. I'd, I'd come and visit and yeah. fell in love with the area. It was busy where I grew up. And so coming here, I was like, wow, this is mm. beautiful and you know, open and green and the ocean. And, um, I ended up going to Cuesta for a little bit and then, um, took all their welding courses and then got a job as an iron worker Mm. here in town and then later became a pipe fitter. Okay. The classes at Cuesta are some of the best. I know. Oh yeah. It's It's got an amazing program. Yeah, my kids did um, Cuesta College for Kids over the summer, and one of their classes was out in that part of campus. Yeah. And seeing the sparks fly, my son (laughs) was like, what's that? And they don't offer that class for kids. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Maybe you could, I don't know. Gosh. Maybe I'd get a hold of Mike Fonts. No, Hmm. I'm thinking you do it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Because you've got time, right? No. Um, But that's a very successful program I think yeah from what beautiful I can tell. Spot. that's funny seeing the um sparks hit the ground and they just run mm-hmm. roll that's yep. a good image in my head when you said that I've seen that a lot it's, yeah it's it's intriguing iconic it's totally intriguing mm-hmm. I imagine that's probably what you saw when you were like I want to do that yeah you're like what they're playing with fire yeah what are they doing and then stuff mm. sticks together yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. big stuff so and little stuff here in town who were you working for? I worked for Abraham Steel and then Templeton Steel. Hmm. And then later I became um, a pipe fitter with the local 403. Okay. And I worked with them for a long time. And out at Diablo Canyon. Oh, yeah, right. It was really good. Good learning. Yeah. A lot of a lot of learning. Were you employed by um, Diablo? Like, did well, you have you're that? contracted out. Okay. So I worked for the union. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you probably don't want to answer this, and I feel cheap even going there, but were you often the only female in the room? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like most of the time? Um, one outage, there was one other female welder. Yeah. No, that was it. Yeah. It's so uh, interesting. I, I hope that there's more of that as time passes, yeah, you know? And, like, people like you come along and kind of normalize it. Um but I think that's wonderful. Yeah. It was it was pretty awesome, but it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. What, how so? Oh. Um, like dangerous on the job? Oh, or? yeah, it's definitely that. But then also you have to hold your own in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you can let down. It's a constant to prove yourself. Yeah. And um, not being cocky is very important. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you know you're good enough, and that's mm-hmm. why you're there. But you got to know your worth, I guess, is what I'm saying. That's a super fine line. Yeah, <laughs> between coming off cocky and and also having confidence. Yeah, being mm. humble about it. 
and being humble about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, why'd you leave? Um, well, we started a, a family. Mm-hmm. And then it was a uh, no-brainer. I didn't want to leave uh, anybody else in charge of raising our babies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my job. That was our job. Yeah. So, um, yeah, then we, um, yeah, that's kind of how that ended, really. I never went back to that part yeah. of my life. Do you miss that? Or are you kind of, feel, do you find that kind of satisfaction in what you do as, as a business now? Um, I do find that very fulfilling, what we do, mm-hmm. and very busy. Yeah. There was a moment when I did miss it, um, when you, I'd have dreams about welding, getting under big pipe and oh. welding, and it, it was really fun, too, yeah. you know? I, like, enjoyed it, and I made good friendships, and, um, but I like this better. Do you mean literal dreams, like at night when you sleep? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I would dream of welding. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that's so beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. The actual when you get into that moment, and it's just you and that metal and manipulating the metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did fall in love with that. Yeah, yeah. My husband really wants to get into it. If you notice, all of our um, curtain rods are pipe pipe and pipe fittings but he's sad because that's just a you know a pale comparison to what he wanted to do was weld his oh, own but yeah, it's really cool. hard to find like a hobbyist level welding class oh. um but he's an engineer and he just real so i have to take him out to your shop i think just to watch because he loves metalwork. yeah um and it's you're right it's a very beautiful and specific art yeah yeah. He's, you guys should definitely come. Yes. I, now I'm going to show up whether you want us to or not. <laughs> no, that's good. So you started the Kehoe Carbon. Do you call it Kehoe Carbon Cookware? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yay, I got it right. Um, when, was your, when did you make your first pan? So I made the very first pan. It was a Christmas gift to Casey. That's awesome. It was 2018. And we already had our own business doing architectural ironwork. Mm-hmm. And kind of featuring kind of artistic custom mm-hmm. metalwork, and we had had the idea of having some kind of product to you know work on in between these bigger commission jobs. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't thinking pans yet. I just had, you know saw these carbon steel pans, and I was like, you know, I could make one of those, and I'll make Casey one for Christmas. So I did, and we just fell in love with it. And it worked better than our cast irons that we had been babying for 15 years. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, and listener, I've got three of these right in front of me. And, um, God, they're so, they they are a real work of art. I'm going to save up, and I'm going (laughs) to get one. I would love to ask for one for Christmas from, from a family member. But these, why do you say that these are better than the cast iron you've been babying all those years. Yeah, so steel is denser, so it heats up faster. Mm-hmm. It's so slick and smooth that the non-stick performance works really well yeah. kind of right away. Yeah. You know, cast iron, there's more texture to it, mm-hmm. which gives it more depth as far as seasoning yeah. and carrying that season over into the next meal you prepare. Mm-hmm. 
carbon steel is just so smooth that nothing really wants to stick to it if mm-hmm. it has a good seasoning on it. So that's what we noticed right away was how mm-hmm. quick it heated up mm-hmm. and how well things We're cooked on, on it, it and yeah. didn't stick to it. Yeah. And you, is that even before? Well, so I have we a lot should of have brought the original pan now that oh, we're talking yeah, that about it. Been good. Do you use it all the time still? It's, yeah. Daily, twice a day. And I bet it looks just as good as the first day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the very original, right? So, like, this was a progression. Yeah. So, cooking and looking at the original is, is an everyday thing, and, and to see where, where mm-hmm. it's come, you know, it's, it's a beautiful. And they the develop back- a wonderful patina over time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, um, and the patina is, is it more of like a coppery kind of a, or? or they blacken, just black- like cast oh, irons okay, do. Okay. But all the yeah. hammer marks kind of stand out a little marks. more, and... Um, yeah, it, it it changes over time. Yeah, uh, I don't know the first thing about metal. Period. Okay, so when I ask you, when you say seasoning, mm-hmm. I mean I know the term seasoning in terms of like bringing a pan up through each each heating creates. Oh, am I saying this right? Each what I understand is with each time you use it it becomes more and more amenable to the next time you use it in terms of like nonstick properties and maybe something about, is it porous at all? Yeah. If you were to look at it under a microscope, it is. Yeah. And, and cast iron is more so. Yeah. And so there is more little air pockets and, mm-hmm. um, you know, areas to hold on to that seasoning where steel is denser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's more of a, um, yeah, just a smoother surface and no on texture. top. Yeah, no yeah, texture, yeah. really smooth. Yeah. Um, but that seasoning is unique to iron cookware, mm-hmm. which steel is 99% iron. So mm-hmm. um, the polymers in the oil will bond to that iron, mm-hmm. and that's what creates that nonstick coating or seasoning. Mm-hmm. From the get-go. From the get-go. We season them. Um, in our shop so they're ready to use yeah and then of course they need to be cared for and maintained properly for Mm -hmm. that seasoning to continue to build and um, for it to improve over time as you use it my hand from holding it smells like the first thing i think of is um like climbing towers in europe when you hang on to the the cast iron um oh that kind of metallic smell the handrails Mm -hmm. yes i love that um so when I've used cast iron, something we were just talking about last night, something I don't love about using cast iron is how it grips aromas and mm-hmm. flavors. And maybe that's good for some people if they're using a pan for the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed like if we make tacos and I throw a bunch of seasoning into the meat in mm-hmm. the cast iron... It doesn't matter what we do. We'll be tasting that or smelling at the very least, smelling Mm -hmm. that taco seasoning for two more cooks. Yeah. And that's the term seasoning. That's where that comes from. Okay. Yeah. And so carbon steel has less of that depth. It doesn't hold on to that flavor like uh, cast iron does. Mm -hmm. And that's some one thing that people really, um, why they use cast iron is they want to continue that, you know? Yeah seasoning over into the next meal they prepare mm-hmm. but if you're doing something like fish like you know a big i did fish one piece time of salmon and oh. you don't want it to carry over then yeah mm-hmm. especially if you are we use our cast iron all the time for like making dutch baby pancakes and sweet 
applications. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good mix if you have fish one night and then you try to make like a, a plum tart the next day and in, in the oven with that so yeah maybe you just have enough pans that you that you don't use it but <laughs> we, but we do but no that is a hard thing for most people yeah you yeah. you have lots of cast yeah. iron for that well no lots of our pans okay so these can go obviously in the oven too yeah mm -hmm. and these the ones that i'm looking at you have like a good slope on it so do you make any that are um, like square-ish in terms of this so that you could bake something in the oven? Um, no, the way I make them, the process gives, it, it has a nice gentle slope to yeah. the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to move metal that extreme, it mm -hmm. turns into a totally different process. They're either spun on a lathe and manipulated to get an extreme bend like that. Mm -hmm or cast like cast iron yeah. so it's poured liquid metal poured into a mold mm -hmm. or just lots of hydraulic pressure you know and it's pushed into a mold mm -hmm. and um, whether it's hot or cold it could be done and just you know lots of pressure pushing it into that form mm -hmm. so the way i do it i do use a hydraulic press to get the initial shape mm -hmm. and then i heat it in the forge and hammer it um, to kind of smooth out any wrinkles that happen, you know, from the pressing process. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely a much gentler, more gentle slope mm -hmm. compared to like a pot or a, um, yeah, certain kind of Dutch oven or something like Never that. Never occurred to me that that's poured. Mm -hmm. Poured oh. versus yeah, that's oh, like yeah. <laughs> cast like, iron. Oh, yeah. you really don't no, know anything. No. I really don't. I am a total mm -hmm. newbie. But that the fact that that's poured versus something that is starts out as a flat sheet yes and mm -hmm. has has to be manipulated quite a bit and so no wonder cast iron really is so affordable you know yeah no it's wonder an american though. tradition post-industrial revolution thing you know it's um mass produced and that's mm -hmm. part of why it's so thick and heavy too is because it needs to be cast so that liquid metal mm -hmm. needs to be able to fill the whole void so it, mm -hmm. if it was super thin it wouldn't it would cool and freeze off before it fills the whole thing so that's part of the reason why they are so thick and heavy yeah which helps them cook well yeah. but they are heavy um the older cast irons that are really coveted nowadays are coveted um were cast and then machined either mm -hmm. sanded or taken down so that they were a little thinner and lighter yeah and then you know after a while i'm sure it was an expense issue they're like we don't need to do this let's just cast mm -hmm. them and, mm -hmm. and send them out and that's what majority of the cast iron you get these days, except for the more expensive stuff is still either machined or sanded down. Mm -hmm. um, getting it down to basically the dimensions of what we're building. Yeah. So we're able to build them thinner and lighter yes. than cast iron. But thicker than a carbon steel pan you would go pick up at the store. For sure. Those are a lot thinner. They're made for um, heating quickly, cooling quickly yeah. in more of a commercial kitchen setting. Mm-hmm. So our product is more for the home chef, you know, mm. kind of, we're hoping it becomes a family heirloom. An heirloom. Yep. Yeah. A keepsake kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. That's cool that you distinguish that, like, um, I don't know. There's a lot of cachet with doing things for a professional kitchen, um, especially as we watch the menu and the bear. And I mean, a lot of people are really, you know, loving the idea of having all those kinds of things, but this is very home centered this product is mm -hmm. for home um 
and yeah, a keepsake, something to, to pass along from one person to the next. They will literally last generations. Yeah. And that is an awesome thing. I just yeah. love it that we're producing something. I will be dead and gone. We will, you know, and these will still be feeding people hundreds of years from now. Yeah. And that's just a real joy. That uh, You can't say that about many things. No. You really can't. Um, to think that this will outlast us is pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. And to think that you are, you know, we talk a lot about leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. You quite literally have, you know, something that you made out in the world forever or yeah. close to forever. Yeah, as an artist, it's. It, I feel like it's my greatest art project, mm-hmm. you know. To date. To date, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it is. It, it is a legacy. It will be around. Our names stamped on it. Yep. And, um, and the year. And the year that oh, we, yeah. we yeah. build them. And, and the size and the gauge. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is from just sometime in the past eight months. Yeah, yeah we pretty much come the holidays. We sell out of everything yeah. we build, yeah. you know, and, and so, yeah. Yeah, it, so place your order now. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that it's you ramp up probably like right about now yeah we're already thinking producing inventory for yeah the coming holidays yeah Mm -hmm. how exciting is it that you well hold on one other thought i had was so much of art you know you walk through a museum um you know there or you know you look at photographs that are degradable Mm -hmm. you know in museums things are taken such special care of. We went to Washington, D.C. this past spring and saw, you know, the Declaration of Independence is that it has to be kept so safe and all the temperature and all the, you know, the air has to be this certain quality and humidified, but not too much. It's pretty cool to think that an artwork like this, first of all, is very practical and usable, but that it doesn't require that kind of um babying babying yes mm-hmm. yeah it's so durable and i've just never thought of how valuable that is in and of itself yeah functional art yeah mm-hmm. right but you did a lot of um art it sounds like well you know commissioned projects before that what were some of the yeah. jobs that you did oh so with the metal um once i had my business probably the coolest one is i did um these aloe sculptures they were made out of steel and they were um out of corten which is a kind of a weathering steel that can be outside Mm -hmm. and uh these lifelike aloes with copper flowers yeah and uh, it was for a home in cambria Mm -hmm. that was my favorite project to date but a lot of artistic gates um handrails um, I could picture things like in Big Sur. Oh, man, yeah. There's. I mean, I would love to get back to some of those bigger artistic sculptural projects. They are so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a wonderful thing to be able to make. Yeah. And before that, I mean, I, I've done painting, printmaking, bronze mm. sculpture, stone sculpture. So I've always been expressing myself, you know, through my hands and mm-hmm. um, creative work like imagination. that yeah. imagination. And then, you know, the metal thing started with bronze casting and then I picked up blacksmithing. And as soon as I started swinging the hammer, I just fell in love mm-hmm. with the whole craft. And I initially got into it to build my own chisels for doing stone sculpture. Oh, really? and stone sculpture is the same with the rhythmic hammering was mm-hmm. what I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So the blacksmithing, fire, 
hammering. It was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> Plus I'm building all my tools that I'll use yeah. for other artistic endeavors. And then slowly it just kind of took over, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. my creative energies. Um, and then I saw a niche, a little, a little spot to make a living with mm-hmm. the custom high-end metalwork. And then, of course, it led to the pans, which I love. Yeah. Because um, I completely own my schedule. Yes. And my time. I do too. And, and it's have to work awesome. with it's priceless. other clients, yep. contractors, you know, all their scheduling. And mm-hmm. I'm just in my shop building these. Yeah. And we sell them and people love them. And they, do. they tell us. And it just is all good vibes all the way around. So. 2018 is not that long ago. No, it's that you still, started. Yeah. Is, is that when you said you made your first pan? So that was when I made the first one. Then 2019 um, was when we were like, okay, we're on something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started right, you know, January of 2019. And um, we made 10. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's just see how they do. Mm-hmm. And we sold them all really quickly. Yeah. And then sat down and figured out what sizes, you know, we wanted to add, like, like what's optimal. Yeah, yeah. Like what do we want to put out there as like, mm. you know, a, a solid product line. Mm. So we came up with all of our different sizes, which I don't have all of them represented, but yeah. Um, so like a middle, how many inches is that? Would you say? So this one is our 11 inch. Yep. This one is our 14 inch. I, and I, this is a deeper version. Yeah, like of a paella sauce. pan. Yeah, the mm-hmm. handle style is like a roaster or a paella pan. Yep. But this, the body of the pan is deeper on this one. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a saucier style. And a showpiece, you know, like something you'd put on the table. Yeah, I love these big ones. Yep. Because um, to me, they just are like, it's for a celebration, it's for family, yes. it's for, yeah. um, you know, those type of of meals totally yeah you mentioned the weight of cast iron i tell this story all the time but i um i told my husband i wanted a cast iron pan for a gift and um he just kind of went online and found one it was a lodge you know lodge cast iron. <laughs> he wasn't looking at the size and he got a 16 inch cast iron pan and because he bought it online the you know the postal guy had to bring it up to the door and he was like i'm not supposed to ask but what is in here and we opened it and we we're like god this thing is enormous i do love it i love big the big pan it's amazing how often we use it actually for like mm-hmm. big you know big even if you're doing a stir fry to have the whole thing right there it's so visually beautiful and just accommodates a ton Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm thinking that maybe this is what I'm going to get. This big, <laughs> this big old pan. That's a good choice. Yeah, that's a beautiful pan. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of what sells the best, what do you see people going for? Oh, it really varies. Um, almost seasonal, too, it seems. Like mm-hmm. in the holiday season, we, we sell a lot of these big ones. Yep. In general, probably the 10-inch, which is one size smaller than this one, is pretty common. Yeah. But then again, or so the is... Nine. Or the 9. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like an everyday. It's almost like, where everyday. are they trying to fill in w- with what they already have? Yeah. Or are they going to, in the future, are they going to buy a set from us eventually? Mm-hmm. And where do you want to start? Ooh, a set. Yeah. Now I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of it in 
centers of a set. And we yeah. make lids custom to the pan, too. I, I've seen those. What are the lids? What What is the knob on the top look like? Is it just a simple? So I do two, two different styles. One that kind of looks like an onion. Yes. And then one that is a ring. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we have that option. The mm-hmm. two different handle styles for the lids. Yeah. And those are done custom because I build the lid to that pan being handmade. Sure. And there's little, I really manipulate the pan so that that lid fits just yeah because they all vary because they all vary at some level yeah all right walk me through what the steps are to making one of these pans okay so i start in santa maria and i buy my steel (laughs) from who let's shout them out b&b steel okay buy large sheets four by eight sheets Mm -hmm. Um, bring that home, and I uh, break it down with a plasma cutter into more manageable sizes. And then I use a bandsaw to cut the blank, a mm-hmm. disc. Mm-hmm. And I take that disc, and I put it on top of a ring um, that is basically the diameter, outer diameter of the pan. Which you also that built, you built. I'm sure. Which yeah. I built. Yes. Yeah, and all of those rings. I went through all these different sizes. You know, I have a bunch, a big scrap pile of them to get the right dimension so that those and when I press it, it would come out really clean. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I set that blank on top of a ring. And then I have basically a giant hockey puck, mm-hmm. a thick piece of steel that is the size of the cooking surface. For the inside. Mm-hmm. So that sits on top of the blank, which is sitting on top of that ring. And okay. then I use a hydraulic press and I push that hockey puck into the ring. And you can imagine what happens. It squishes it mm-hmm. down. Turns out, or um, turn, they kind of look like a bottle cap, the way the metal wants to mm-hmm. bend. Mm-hmm. You know, the edge will kind of wrinkle a little bit. Mm. So from there, I heat it in a gas forge, get it to an orange um, heat. You know, it's glowing orange. Mm-hmm. And I put it on the anvil, and I hammer it with a ball peen, kind of a rounded-faced mm-hmm. hammer, and kind of smooth out all those wrinkles and get these beautiful hammer marks that are, you know, really... Texture. Wonderful, yeah, a great texture on, on the ring of the, or the rim of the pan. And so once I have that completed, you know, set those aside and I'll work production mode. You know, I'll be doing that yeah. all day, just hammering mm-hmm. out those mm-hmm. bodies of the pan. And then the handles start out as just a round rod that, you know, mm. is 20 feet long when I buy it. And mm-hmm. I have my son. He cuts it into six and a half inch little chunks for How me. How old's your son? He's 11. I was going to say, isn't he pretty young? Yeah, so Nolan's 11 and Cypress is nine. And how does he cut the... I'm loving that. We, yeah. we give our kids... Probably some pretty dangerous jobs around here too, and I love just pushing the edge of that. Oh yeah, they yeah, love they it too. They do. They, they want to feel all they big do. and you yeah. know helping, and so a portable bandsaw, which okay. is actually a big tool for him. But he, you know, we taught him how to use it, and he does great. Yeah, he's always into the tools. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So what yeah, kid he, isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Power tools. Yeah. And so he'll cut those up for me, and so from. From there, I, I heat those in a in a, a coal forge, which is just an open face, you know, ball of fire, I guess, and um, and that's all hammer and anvil, you know, mm-hmm. multiple heats and hammered to shape, and then Drift. we do steel rivets to attach the oh. handle to the pan, and you make those, I'm sure, right? The rivets I buy. Oh, do you? Yeah. Um, it's just so much easier. It's a type of, it's a really soft steel. Mm-hmm. So I can hammer those cold when I'm setting the handle to the mm-hmm. pan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I countersink them so that it's smooth on the inside. Mm. Um, but 
you know, those big quarter inch rivets, they'll last, you know, those will never wear out. And they look manipulated. Like, like you say, they're soft. They, Mm -hmm. they, that's why I wondered if they were, if you did them by hand. Yeah. So I'll hold it on the anvil like this and then hammer it down from this side. So that action ends up smashing, you know, this backside, which gives it a little bit of texture and character. Yeah. Look at the little ball peen. Mm-hmm. You can uh, see all just those. right on that part. Yep. Okay, but I just noticed is Den Den. Oh, so Den is what friends and family call me. Yeah. So every blacksmith, it's a tradition. You need to have a touch mark, right? You uh-huh. need to mark, sign it's all okay, of your work. Though, sorry, come on in, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my my touch mark. So even outside of that's amazing. That's an yeah. amazing tradition. And again, my dad goes by Den, so that's pretty. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah at, Oh, yes, love. He's away. He's the, at the library, I believe. Okay, off you go then. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> we know all about it. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Everything is all at the house. Yeah. The house is so, this is where everything happens. Yeah, yeah. us too. Yeah. So what involvement, thank you for describing oh, that yeah. process. What involvement do you have with the business? Oh, man. All of it? Yeah, I'm in and out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't know, where do I start? I used to be able to um, work this deal with Den. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we decided to homeschool the boys. Oh, right on. So that really consumes my time. Yeah. Um, but I jump in with, um, I clean the pans and help season them. Mm-hmm. I ship all the orders. I do all the emails, make sure that we have all the materials ready to go mm-hmm. um yeah shipping's a big do all the job like paperwork too. stuff yeah mm-hmm. um yeah shipping is kind of a big job well for something like this <laughs> during it christmas totally especially yeah. yeah yeah i know i have a good relationship with our local post i bet you do <laughs> yeah they're great they are great you do um when you are ramping up for the season about how many of these will you how many can you make in say like a week oh i do 10 to 15 in a week hey that's pretty 15 good. if i'm really hustling yeah yeah that's production mode 10 is a comfortable 40 hour week yeah and i spread my time out you know i don't it's not like eight hours every day yeah it's yeah. like you know i'll work a lot of half days three quarter days but i'll work seven days a week type yeah. things kind of like how i like to do it yeah and then every once in a while, I'll take a weekend or a day. Mm-hmm. But um, pretty much every day, I get in there and I do something. Yeah. But yeah, 10 pounds is kind of typical, a typical That's week. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. If um, people are buying as quick as we're making, mm-hmm. you know, we have a great little thing going. For sure. Yeah. When you, so you, I didn't realize that you had this background really in art. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are a good complement of each other, actually artist and I don't know there's there's like a function it's form and function I think Mm -hmm. is really present I think I'm just I like to say I'm your left-hand man yeah Casey is amazing (laughs) yes I can tell yeah she is um the most loyal the most she's like when we do and we work together that's like how before we had kids, mm-hmm. like when we're spending time together, we're mm-hmm. building something, we're yeah. fixing something, we're landscaping. Mm-hmm. That's just how we like to spend our time. Yep. And, you know, of course, I have all this creative energy, tons of ideas. Mm-hmm. And then she's there to kind of support mm-hmm. all of those ideas. She always knows what tool I need before I 
No, that I need it. Rad. You know, that kind yes. of help is just more than I've ever dreamed of. Yeah. And yeah, we're just a really good team like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Totally. It's if you really have a fun. good partnership, my husband and I do a lot of what we do here together. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel so lucky that that we can get dirty together like that and and do things ourselves. We tiled a bathroom. Our we I mean we built and tiled a bathroom, and um, those are some of the happiest, most satisfying days. When when you do anticipate each other, I'm on the tile saw and he's setting everything, and um, those are the best days. Mm-hmm. They totally are. And so rewarding in the end. And yeah, the when you stand back and, and you look at it and you're mm-hmm. like, "Look what we built!" Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, good memories too. How did you meet if you both have this interest in metalwork? The ocean. Yeah. Not in a not like on a job or anything like no, that. No, no. We um Oh met. kind of actually I was working. Yeah, Casey was uh ocean lifeguard in Cayucas mm-hmm. and she was part of the you know, teaching the junior guards. Oh and I met yay. her on one of those days and I she was in her it. wetsuit. And she was in charge, and I met her, and was just like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> she was in charge." a woman, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was uh, a woman, and I was just blown away by mm. the way she carried herself, the way she spoke, the way mm-hmm. she looked at me. It was just so genuine and, and beautiful, and yeah, and authoritative. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it was that quiet confidence. Yeah, it didn't need to be, you know, overly. And she just, yeah, had the grace and beauty and. Uh, that's how we met. And then this summer, well, last summer, too, our boys did that same. Cayucas Junior Guards. Love it. Our kids have done Avila, but I know Cayucas oh, is so cool. the bomb. It's so and special. so for us to come full circle. And mm. and actually, we I've worked all year with like, okay, Junior Guards is in July. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to save. I'm going to, you know. I'm going to work today so I can take another one of those weekdays off in July. Kind and of just hang always out? In my, yeah, just to be yeah. there. And, you yeah. know, because it's kind of our origin story. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just a great little scene, great little culture going on up there. And yeah. being ocean people, mm-hmm. it's um, how we spend our time. So, yeah. yeah, it was great. We just finished that up. They just yeah. finished yep, their right. junior guards. How often are you guys able to get in the water? Regularly. Yeah. We kind of work around the tides, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's that we want to go fishing or mm-hmm. kayak fishing or surfing or. Mm-hmm. All the things. Yeah, and our boys love it too. Yeah, is, they're yeah. super into it. I'm not allowed to ask. I, a friend of mine who listens to this podcast, what's up, Eric? Um, <laughs> I asked him once. I was doing a writing job, and the client, it was for a magazine, that asked, you know, what's a favorite surf spot? Oh. And I texted Eric, and I said, hey, what's one of your favorite surf spots in Osos? And he told me. And then afterward, I said, oh, thanks. The magazine's going to love that. And he was like, he called and he was like, what? You didn't <laughs> say anything about that? And he's really shook up. And I said, I promise I'm not, I won't. It's, you know, now that I know how you feel about it, I won't That's share true. that. But what's a common, well-known surf spot? <laughs> you know, these days it's all like. about um, finding small, mellow surf mm-hmm. so we can enjoy it together. So yeah, I don't want to lose a kid, you know, like I'm not yeah. taking them to some, some hairball place. Or wind up place. in the ER. yeah. yeah, so. That was like when we were in our 20s. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as the boys get bigger, we'll start exploring those, you know. Again. More, yeah, extreme places. But yeah, just just mellow beach break. 
yeah. anything that's um, conducive to the kids getting in the water. And mm. um, I finally this year got myself a longboard. I've always been a shortboarder. So <laughs> yeah. now I'm really enjoying these small mm-hmm. waves. Yeah. It's just about getting, getting Cruising. wet. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling the salt um, laying in the warm sand afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just. Take a dip in the brine. Yeah. 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 It feels really good. With the, so what I was going to say is the artistry, I mean, it sounds like you started really young with making things. Always, yeah. Like doodling yeah. even, I'm sure. Lots yeah. of drawing. Um, and then when I got a little older, my dad was really into wood, so he turned me on to yeah. wood carving. Mm-hmm. So I used to carve Garibaldi fish. Like oh, my, yeah. You know, I was really into snorkeling and um, down in San Diego, there's tons of these beautiful orange Garibaldi fish. So yeah. I made a couple carvings of, um, Garibaldi. And that was my first kind of introduction to sculpture and working with my hands, mm-hmm. which is really where my artwork, um, kind of that, you know, that's where it went. I, I enjoyed painting, but sitting using one hand to, you know, mm. create, it just wasn't enough. I wanted, you yeah. know, I'm real active physical, and it yeah. wasn't as physical and I really enjoyed printmaking which was, mm-hmm. it's a two-dimensional, um, you know, art form, but it is real physical and there's a lot of surprises and things that, yeah. you know, you kind of have to work with. Um, I have heard that. I, I, I have a friend who does um, printmaking calendars with Lonely Palm Ranch. Have you ever heard of those guys? I have, yeah. I follow them on social media yeah. and they do, yeah, But, work. you know, you follow them on Instagram and it's like, there are curveballs with that mm-hmm. for sure. And it's very physical and they have to plan much like you do for the holidays when things are selling. Oh, yeah. They really have to plan out. The mind game or the game that's like a puzzle too because you're working backwards. The image is backwards. The yes. process is really fun. I think it's a lot of fun trying yeah. to kind of like plan and figure out how you're going to create this. But then there are all these things that it's happen. mind boggling to me. Casey's like, shaking how her does he head. do that? Yeah. I know. And he makes it look exactly Exactly like like he's taken an actual photograph and yeah. made it look exactly like the photograph. Isn't that Backwards. interesting? And I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> it's so f- crazy to me the way people are born being an artist. Um, there are people who are born with perfect pitch. They know, you know, they can hear mm-hmm. a tone and they're like, oh, it's an A flat. They know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a real like songwriter bent. Um, and I'm proud to say I have that, like I can sit at the piano and futz around and I can make music. Um, and I was born with that, but the visual art thing is to me, it's like wizardry. I don't understand how somebody's able to do that. Same for me for what you're talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. But there are people who have both, which is like, how, how did you all have our, we all have our talents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you have parents who were? Artists. My dad is a really talented oh, artist. Oh, you mentioned he's yeah, yeah, yeah. In, and he was a construction. You know, got into construction when he started his family and wasn't able to paint mm-hmm. and um, be creative. But he did get into wood and doing um, kind of cabinetry yeah. type woodwork, and then eventually carving. And um, he paints now. He's retired, and he's mm. you know going off. He's just creating yeah. paintings constantly mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes doing. Um, uh, kind of realistic painting and he mm. he's, he's just he's got a huge heart so he loves like giving it gifting it yes and so he'll start this painting and it's going to be for this family member oh. you know from a photo they took and they don't know he's doing it and mm-hmm. 
He does that quite a bit. That it's is really cool. cool. Yeah, but so that's where that um, skill set mm-hmm. came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad, union carpenter. Finnish carpenter also mm. Dennis there's something there's something <laughs> happening here I don't know what it is but uh yeah I grew up watching my dad build everything mm-hmm. everything I was just thinking recently about how he um really got into recycled concrete like sidewalks that oh, ha- yeah. even had stamps on them you know he would go out somewhere in Santa Maria and gather all this stuff up for free and he'd come home and the concrete mixer would be rolling all weekend and he'd be building these really beautiful rustic walls all the way the perimeter of our property and um putting weird stuff in there you know like yeah. a little watch or so you know yeah, fun. funny things in there but yeah a maker yeah a real maker i have that same passion for that recycled right. concrete. concrete oh do you I what do you do, do. with it oh. um do same thing photos? Um, retaining walls yeah, and walkways yes and, yeah um yeah it's like a big jigsaw puzzle putting it all together yeah i did landscape construction in my early 20s yeah and that was just so much fun you know i worked with good friends it was mm-hmm. our own little business um, that's kind of where I got the taste of being self-employed and yeah. having the freedom. To, I was going to ask if you'd ever had like a desk job. Not a desk job, but I did work at Cuesta in mm. the art department. I was the tech in the art department. Oh, that's a good fit. Yeah, it was great. And so that's where the bronze casting, a mm-hmm. lot of the welding, the printmaking. I was kind of the handyman, do all for the department. Yeah. Um, and teaching, uh, you know, I wasn't a professor or faculty, but I was there all day. How do I cut this? How do I weld this? You know, yep. students would come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, there was nowhere to go type job position, yeah. you know, it wasn't going to work my way up. So while I was working there, I started doing this custom metal work. Mm-hmm. So I, did you have access to the... I did, yeah. yeah and I was kind of like, um, I could either leave this job and go get another job, or I can kind of keep working here and start this business and yeah. use their shop, their tools. Which is invaluable. Which was invaluable because yeah. I didn't have it at the time. And so I slowly accumulated the skills, the tools, the mm-hmm. clients until I was ready to um, quit that job and um, start my own business. And that was a huge leap of faith. There was a lot mm-hmm. of sleepless nights and stress and that's you know, why I have people family. on here. Like, tell me about how hard it was. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was very difficult. Yeah. And um, we were lucky enough, fortunate enough, to buy our home in Los Osos, mm-hmm. and uh, we worked very hard to do it. We planned, mm-hmm. uh, but we really got fortunate with the timing. Hmm. and um, we were able to buy at the right time. Like about what year would you say that was? That was 2011. Oh, yeah. Very, we very bottom. We had been looking bottom. for two years mm. before mm-hmm. that. And um, I had stopped working as a welder, and mm-hmm. we were now pregnant with our first son. When we bought, it was yeah. like roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we were able to buy mm-hmm. that house. I was working at Cuesta. Um, the quest, the salary was no longer enough. Mm-hmm. So I was taking on these other projects, working, working, working every weekend, doing these side jobs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, five years down the road of doing that, kind of building this business mm-hmm. and building equity in our home, I was able to secure a loan on that equity. Yeah. 
And I basically put all my chips on the table, yep. got the loan, quit my job, which yeah. is what you're not supposed to do. No, no, but they, I mean, <laughs> how can you do it? How can you get good things without taking a you, risk? You got to take yeah. those risks. You got to sometimes take on debt, which yeah. is, you know, just part of it. Yeah. You got to believe in yourself. And you got to believe. And yeah. so that's what we did. And um, basically use that loan to start our business, to buy equipment, mm-hmm. to um, just pay myself when things were slow because yeah. it was slow the first couple of years. And um, I was going to yeah. ask how you, how you evaluate, how do you value things? That's such a hard mm-hmm. task to say, okay, what is this worth? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the raw materials, but also what is my time and expertise worth? Right. That became more and more simple as time went on and I knew what I needed or I know what I need now yeah. when I was younger and producing this art it was so difficult to yeah. put a price on it mm-hmm. so difficult but now I know hey you know this is what we need to make it this month this yep. is, you know so yeah it's it's really easy to to put a price on on my time and and you've built a reputation I think that's what's really tough is when it hasn't been totally proven and you're asking for something that that is that you're, when you're valuing something you make, but it's not, you aren't a name, you know, you aren't mm. a name. I'm just thinking of when I price out my writing gigs, mm. I now, after having done it for 15 years, I know what it's worth. Um, but at the beginning there, it's just like, uh, what is my hourly rate? I have no idea. I know I can do this, mm-hmm. but they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you um, don't want to scare them away, mm-mm. you know? Yeah, I definitely underbid myself quite a few times at the beginning with mm-hmm. that fear of not scaring the client away. And then I get into it I'm like, oh man, this should have been way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's become, but you had to, we had to learn those lessons. We too. had to learn those lessons and it does, it just takes time to build the reputation and build mm-hmm. a business. And, you know, patience is very, um, a very big part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and faith and just Yeah, keep... and trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And always come to me and, and then I'll tell you to add more money to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's like a good not partner. Every time. Yeah, I'm every like, oh, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> right. You got to raise that price up a little bit. So are you doing pans full time? Um, I did one gate this year so far so i'm still doing those those bigger projects mm-hmm. but um the goal is to do the cookware um full time because yeah. we just have a great product there's room to scale it up yes i can for just sure. see where it can go yeah and so for yeah the last couple of years it's been kind of 50 50 mm-hmm. and it came time to be like okay you know i just need to stop because i would get distracted i would take for on sure. a couple of other projects and then a couple months goes by and it's like oh yeah the pans were sold out people are asking mm-hmm. yeah. haven't been marketing myself on social media like i could or should be and i would just lose momentum yep so now yeah i'm really focused on this and um and we're know. all set up for it and we're yeah, set it up sounds for sounds like it. you have the things you need mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's hard to go from making pans and then switch it all up to making a gate you know mm-hmm. with your space yeah. It's nice just to keep it with the pans. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, you know, scalability, in terms of quantity, I mean, you will be able to do more if you're not distracted, but also the creative side of, well, what's the next product that we want to offer? I know that you do, yeah. is it a spatula that you make? We do do a spatula, and I wish I had one to show you. I can't you. remember We're what it's made. Is it sold out. Wow. It's um, stainless steel blade with oh. a bronze handle. 
That's and it's right. really unique the way it's it's got this kind of curve to it that allows it to flex one yes. way and then it's really stiff the other. Right. And uh, I modeled it after this um, antique spatula we had. Mm-hmm. It had more bend going it, both directions. It was the spatula. But the we one that you all, it's the only one you it want to use. It was the only one. Yeah. It was like, is it dirty? Where is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it even broke and he fixed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, it broke. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll fix it. So I modeled ours after that, but I put more curve, more, mm-hmm. you know, so it has more of a stiffness, but a flex one direction. So that when you turn it, you can like scrape. You can yeah. scrape. Okay. Totally. You can cut with it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharp. Yeah. I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite knife that you, have you ever made knives? I, yeah, I did. I um, used to make knives. I'll get back to that. That's one thing I really want to get back to. But I have several. Well, we have four that are kind of in our. Is that what you use in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 uh, Four that I I still have, and I've sold quite a few Mm -hmm. and gifted quite a few, and yeah, um, yeah, they're all carbon steel, high carbon. So they they need to be cared for. You know, they will rust, and it's a different um, type of uh, care and maintenance than you would just a regular knife, but. they sharpen really well. So That's yeah. the beauty they're of, so of nice. I bet they feel steel. good in hand as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would love and talk about scalability of our business. You know, we're really building a name mm-hmm. and a reputation. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to continue with, yeah, the knives, mm-hmm. maybe even getting into wood. We could I was do thinking like that. Yeah. Cutting boards, charcuterie boards, um, you well, know, maybe utensils. Utensils. Too. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of. Like serving spoons, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just run your business. I'll yeah, just give that, you all the, <laughs> all the ideas. Yeah, no, that's great. I, that's kind of where I want to go with it, and then bringing in other people. It's still just me and yeah. Casey doing all of this, yeah. um, which is great. But we could easily um, take on a couple of, of employees mm-hmm. eventually, and really, you know, get after it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really enjoying where it's at right now. Good, and where our boys are at, their yeah. ages, and the freedom we have. And it's not about making money; it's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get rich doing this, but it's just a wonderful way to to live and, yeah. and raise our boys. It's really special. I think we'll look back on this time as just like, oh my gosh, the, the that. best. The yeah, best. we are feeling that yeah. too. This is just the absolute, these are the days we're going to look back on and be like, oh man, yeah, mm-hmm. that's so good. Mm-hmm. But but life is long. It's short, but it's long too. And there will yeah. be many good days. All the, the different chapters. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to have a bad day around here. It's yeah. real hard. Well, I'm so happy. It's so fun to talk to somebody who has such a fulfilling career. Um, it happens a lot when I have people over, it's so inspiring to hear people who have made a decision, you know, who have had to have those sleepless nights because they wanted something, um, and to hear when it's working out. So I just applaud everything you're doing. Um, and I ask every time if it was your last day and you wanted to, (laughs) and you wanted to eat really well. No. I try to keep it from being heavy because, oh, you know, kidding. in a perfect world, you're sitting with your boys or you're sitting with your parents or who, yeah. friends or whatever, and you're like, man, this is good. Yeah. What would you eat? What would you drink? Who would be there? And I'm going to ask also, like, where are you sitting? Because you guys have such oh, yeah. a love for the ocean. I think That's I know where question. it is. But it really yeah, is. And you each can answer separately. Yeah. I think we have the same answer, so you can tell the story. Yeah, we do. I was prepared for this question because I've listened to a, a several you. of your podcasts, mm-hmm. and I just think it's 
a great question. And um, so I would love to recreate a catch and cook experience we had mm-hmm. like two summers ago, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, so we, I got, it might the, have been three. got the family up, the junior guard scene. super mm. early to fish a low tide, you know, so I got them to a spot we like up north, kind of a, one of our little secret spots. A and, spot up north. Very well done. Yeah, and, <laughs> that could um, be anywhere. That could be like Mendocino. Exactly. That could be, <laughs> could be anywhere. Got the family up. Or, and the boys love this. I mean, getting up while it's dark and getting yeah, ready. Yeah. You know, they pop right up. They're into it. So it was, mm. it was great. So we got there. It was still dark. And we hiked into our spot. We fished the low tide. With all our gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We caught our fish which is super fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. and um, It's so exciting. Yeah. It never gets old. We brought one burner, one little propane burner, one of our pans, mm-hmm. and a loaf of good bread, sourdough bread, mm-hmm. um, butter, mm-hmm. garlic, salted, mm-hmm. salted butter, salted butter mm-hmm. garlic, and fresh thyme mm-hmm. from the garden. The garden. Mm-hmm. Um, the garlic, you know, I chopped everything up, had it ready. Mm-hmm. And um, we filleted the fish, and we pan-seared it in butter and with the garlic and thyme. And then we kind of toasted the bread mm-hmm. in there with that same butter and, and ate it up on the beach in the warm sand yeah. after fishing all morning. And usually when I take the family on these adventures, we don't eat there. We'll snack, and then we're, like, mm-hmm. starving. we got to hike out of there, and the boys are complaining, and they're hungry. They want to stop and get a burger somewhere. Oh, so they are normal. Yeah, yeah. they are normal. <laughs> but this time, we had this amazing meal, and this is, like, what, 11 in the morning, mm-hmm. 10 in the morning, but it felt like mm-hmm. the end of the day, you know? So we were already day. so exhausted mm-hmm. and had yeah. this amazing meal sitting in the warm sand and boys played in the water and Casey and I just you know enjoyed the whole scene and then we hiked out of there with tons of energy and renewed Mm -hmm. Um, so if there was some way I could recreate that on that Mm -hmm. day that uh, that's what I would do and then of course I would want all my family to be there so maybe two days maybe like the first day we can do two days Mm -hmm. yeah I would be hanging with everyone else but you know just my core I'm, I'm I'm a real private yeah um, you have a small yeah, circle. Yeah, no, I do, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, I'm kind of introverted. So, yeah, to have just my core yep. family yeah. on the beach eating fish. Sometimes, such a good day. Sometimes I ask that, <laughs> sometimes I ask that question, and it's so, just, it's so palpable what people would do, mm-hmm. you know, on their last day. And especially when it's a good memory like that, I think it would be so wonderful if we could share those, if everybody could have that and hang on to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's lovely. Thank. Oh, wait, what would you drink? Oh, probably a beer, ice cold, cold beer. beer. Yeah. yeah. And water, just fresh, clean water. Yeah. yeah that would be that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. you guys. Well, um, did I leave anything out? We never did talk about two gauges. but that's okay. What's that? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, what is oh, that? Yes, the pans, we make them in kind of a thinner... 12 gauge oh, you do. and then a thicker 10 gauge but and you the, can check that out on the website yeah, yeah go to the website yeah, yeah there's more info on that yeah okay um, but yeah thank you for having us we were flattered and yeah. really excited to oh i wanted it come speak I've, with I've you i've thought about having you guys on for a long time um and i will direct people on the show notes to go and see everything that you're doing are do you welcome people to watch you or is that like a privacy thing um well i'm working out of my home studio these yeah. days so mm-hmm. if it's the right person and we connect i'm totally open to that okay but yeah we, i can't have 
the shop doors open in that sense. I get like, it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But well, you're welcome to come by. I'm coming up. <laughs> yeah, you're coming I'm for sure. I, I hope I hope you come visit us. Yeah. Dennis and Casey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Welcome. That wraps up another episode of the Consumed Podcast. If you like what you've heard here, please like and leave a review. It really does help. And if you want more information about any of the guests on Consumed, you can find a page of notes for each episode at letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a sign-up form for the Consumed newsletter and contact info for me in case you have comments, compliments, questions, or suggestions for people you think should be on the show. I'm Jamie Lewis. Thanks, as always, for listening.